everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And this will be our first of many episodes uh, covering The Bad Batch, seeing as I think the season's going to have like 16 to 20 episodes. Is it 10? I thought it was 10. Oh, I I thought we saw a thing where it was like, oh yeah, no, it's like 16 episodes. Um, As you guys know, we always have the facts here. We never report misinformation. I know, I know initially there was talk that it was going to be longer, and then, I don't know, that's that. How many episodes? 16? So I, mean, I, I guess I'm not right. Why did I see 10? Okay, 16. Yeah. So first first of many, um, as the show is going to be 16 or... Like, Somewhere in there. It's gonna go well into the summer. Like, yeah. Um, Which, what, like August? Like, that makes sense to me because they said that Loki's gonna come out on Wednesdays. Yeah. So it's not gonna come out with the Bad Batch, which I think is interesting. So they're, you know, they're putting mm-hmm. that's gonna be their Star Wars show, that's gonna be their Marvel show. They're not gonna come out the same day, which is it's just interesting it's, to think about. It's gonna set it up for the future when we have more shows running at one at once. And um, mm-hmm. it makes me wonder. Um, I guess they're probably still gonna put High School Musical, the musical, the series on Fridays. I am assuming. It comes out the 14th. Which is a Friday. Whoa, yes. that's this Friday. I know. I just saw an ad for it. No way. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Are you ready for High School no. Musical, the musical series? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. I'm, okay. I'm really excited to see those babies again, but I'm also really excited for Olivia Rodrigo's album to come out. Like, I'm, I'm really that's, looking forward to that. And that's... Um, very soon. That's a yeah. week after that. Mm-hmm. After High School Musical. I don't know. This spring, there's, like, exciting things coming out. Loki on its own is going to be, like, incredible. I'm so excited for Loki. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited for Owen Wilson? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, it's, uh, I guess, like, a reunion of them because they were in Midnight in Paris together. Yes. I don't like to like it, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Directed by a bad man. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so um, I'm really excited to see them. It looks like they have really good chemistry on screen. I love Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> like, I've always like like said, like, oh yeah, like Tom Hiddleston's a good actor, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't until recently where we both kind of became Tom Hiddleston. And- champagne problems. It was. All the the Taylor Swift stuff. Um, I mean, Taylor Swift dated Tom Hiddleston, and there's some songs about him. And I'm like, like, I am all for Joe and Taylor. Like, Joe Alwyn, like, obviously, obviously, that man is wonderful. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, No, it was something about (laughs) learning. Because, like, we've known this. We know Getaway Car. We know Long Story Short, blah, blah, blah. But then. It, something about learning that Tom Hiddleston did was in fact or did in fact propose to Taylor Swift and she turned him down. Suddenly I, don't know I was if it's like, true, but I, yeah, like, that might I'm not be inclined, true. But. I'm inclined to just like lean towards the drama. I'm like, yeah, oh, oh I love the drama. That's so angsty. Yeah, well, and it, I mean, it just makes Tom Hiddleston look like such a gentleman, you know. <laughs> like, so you know, like I'm looking, and we watched. 
we watched all the Thor movies again, and we became full blown Loki stands doing mm-hmm. so. So we're excited and we're prepared. We're ready. We're ready for this. But I do have a soft recommendation before we get into the news. I say soft because I am not done with this book. Um, I still have 200 pages left. I'm a little over halfway. It's Crave by Tracy Wolf. People on YouTube have been trying to get me to read this book for so long. (laughs) It's a vampire book. It's literally modern day Twilight. But if you take out all of the Mormon undertones, and it's like they are true, like 2020 teenagers. It's hilarious. It's It's hilarious. (laughs) I am looking. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, so this girl, both of her parents die. So she's an orphan, of course. And she goes to Alaska because her her uncle, her only living relative, is the headmaster of this school, which is like a castle. And like, you Mm -hmm. know, going into this book that it's vampires. And it's so obvious that it's vampires. It takes this girl 300 pages to realize that it's vampires. Okay, I put a hold. I really like the main character. She's very funny. I think the author has, like, a really funny tone for the book because so many times she'll say, like, this would only make sense if I was, like, a young adult heroine or this would only make sense if I was in a horror novel. And I'm like, well, honey, (laughs) Did you did you pick up the second book too? I didn't, but I want to. So like these books, it's weird. They the first one came out in 2020, and the third one is already out. Like these yeah, have come out wow. very quickly. Okay. I just put a hold on the first and the second one. Whoa, the third one is just available. Oh wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> I put a hold on the first and second one. The first has a nine week wait, so it's gonna be a summer book for me. Yeah. It it'll be. I think the audiobook will be fun because the tone of voice is just really great. It reminds me of reading, like, slow burn fan fiction. You know, like, sometimes, like, a lot of random stuff will happen and it doesn't really have anything to do with the plot, but it's still fun. Like, mm-hmm. I'm 300 pages in. She's only been at the school for, like, four days or three days. So, like, it, a lot has happened and yet nothing has happened but like i'm living for it it's really funny i love all the characters so hopefully it sticks the landing we'll we'll see (laughs) as for news it was announced that we are getting a muppets haunted mansion i know that has nothing to do with anything we ever talk about i guess puppets (laughs) like we 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 did we did did talk about we did talk about puppets a lot um but both of us like i would say both of us are haunted mansion fans Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Muppets. Um, anything um, like or old park stuff, like not a, obviously Haunted Mansion is an original to the park, but like it's older. It has a really really interesting history, so I'm really excited to see whatever this is. Yeah, well, and it's been so long since we've had a Muppets movie like this. I think, like, I feel like they're kind of returning back to the roots, you know, with them doing, like, the Muppet show again and, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm I'm interested. I think it's going to be really fun. I, I think yeah. they're, they know what it is that they're doing, and they're just really going to play to that. Mm-hmm. Because they have their, um, their most recent newer show was that, um, web series on Disney+. Plus. Which mm, yes. I wasn't a big fan of, but I've also talked to people who actually love that, which was 
it's very um, hit or miss with people, I think. Yeah, I, I think they're trying to find their, their groove again with what they want to do with the Muppets. Because, you know, like before that, they did that show that was kind of like The Office. Yeah, which I actually enjoyed, but yeah, it was I very different. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they're just trying to find, like, what their audience is, because right now I think it's mostly people that grew up with the Muppets and have that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not really bringing in new people. I, I think it's, like, they're, I have a feeling their audience is, like, younger Gen X and older millennials. That makes sense. Yeah. I, like, that's what it feels like. It feels like that age group is, like, who loves the Muppets right now. Yeah, and I think that totally makes sense. And I think a movie like this that is kind of returning to their roots it's gonna bring in that haunted mansion i think that's gonna hit a wider audience because like Mm -hmm. i'm really interested in this like i i like the muppets i'm not like super into it like i've seen movies like that kind of thing but like i'm i'm pretty interested in this i think it's gonna be fun and i will take more park stuff on disney plus like i will like take that any day (laughs) yes so um, we'll circle back around to this next one. But surprisingly, um, we did have May the 4th, um, which is what gave us uh, the Bad Batch that we're going to be talking about today. Um, but we didn't really get anything else on May the 4th. <laughs> it was a lot of shopping. Like, people yeah. did a lot of shopping. Um, uh, Shop Disney got a new set of the Starbucks mugs, and they're really nice. And people have already received them. Like, people got them, like, two days later. There was, n- there was nothing announced. Mm-mm. There were um, set photos that were leaked from Cassian and one from Kenobi that was barely anything. But those weren't coming from Star Wars accounts. Those were leaks. But, like, the Star Wars account could have easily posted some of those photos of Cassian. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that because we, we play Among Us with some other podcasters. And we're like, we're literally on Reddit seeing these yeah. leaks on Star Wars Day and Star Wars didn't post anything. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just kind of weird. Like, they they really they really couldn't have done anything. Like, you could have taken a picture of a set on, on the Kenobi, like, a Kenobi set or even just, like, a droid or, like, nothing. Like, he, like literally fed us nothing and we would have all freaked out. Yeah. I'm really surprised we haven't seen any pictures of Diego Luna, like, on set. Just like hanging yeah. out, like like official, like yeah. nobody has thought to like snap a picture of him the and like post it. The leaks are wonderful, though. Oh yeah, I mean he looks great. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like Star Wars. Like, do you want to get people excited for this show? Because obviously, like in the fandom, people are excited for Cassian. Like, I would say, like, I am more excited for Cassian than I am. I don't know if I want to no, because I'm excited about Hayden being in in yeah. Kenobi. So like, I don't. I don't they're apples and oranges. You can't really compare them. Um, but I'm very excited. Well, I will say on with that, too, I would say probably general audience have forgotten about Cassian at this oh, point. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's, it's so weird. bizarre. Like, and, and the thing is, is I've said that, like, I don't think that Star Wars has marketed the Bad Batch that much. Mm-mm. Like, it just, like, like the fandom's been marketing it, and then it just kind of dropped on Star Wars Day. And, and they like, didn't really say anything about it. Like, no, so, like, is that going to happen with Cassian? Like, are they just going to... I I think they are really... I'm kind of hoping that this is indicating that maybe they're going through some changes with how 
they market themselves because I feel like they took a pretty heavy hit with Mandalorian and all of their casting choices. And there were so many leaks with Mandalorian. And then, you know, all the Gina Carano stuff happened. And I don't know if I'm agreeing with you on that because I think the greater popular, like the greater audience really likes Mandalorian season two. That's true. That is that is I think true. like in our like from our point of view, it looks like it's not liked as much, but I I forget where I saw it. I was on Twitter. I think it was like maybe um fandom asked the question, like out of the um Disney Plus um Marvel and Star Wars series, which want like how would you rank them? So mm-hmm. it was um, WandaVision, Mandalorian Season 1, Mandalorian Season 2, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, people were ranking. And, like, I was surprised by how often I was seeing Mandalorian Season 2 as the number one spot. Wow. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's very surprising. Because yeah. I, I would probably mm-hmm. put that at the bottom out of those no, four. No, ex- exactly. I would probably go WandaVision, Mandalorian 1, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and yeah, then Mandalorian 2. That. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's really weird. I wonder what it's going to look like as they get closer. I, I definitely think they're expecting Kenobi to be their their big-ticket item because yeah, it's, but they're not it's so prequels. To, they're not going to have to sell that show. People are on board. People aren't going to forget that they're making that. Cassian, people have forgotten. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, so the other Star Wars bet that we got, um, we did mention Greater Good, the uh, second Thrawn Ascendancy novel came out. Uh, we've been talking about how we were probably going to talk about Thrawn, but <laughs> here's the thing. I just finished this book. Alex just received this book. And it could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> when you tweeted that, I was dying. <laughs> no, because like, I'm like dead serious because this book, nothing happens. At all. Like, I mean, I guess if you like battles and strategies and, like, that kind of thing, like, it's okay. But there's no plot. And I feel like Timothy Zahn didn't do what you normally do when there's no plot and, like, focus on the characters. Instead, he just introduced a whole bunch of new characters. And I literally couldn't tell you who was who because I couldn't keep them straight. They're all the same. Like, do people like this book? What's the score on Goodreads? Its score was higher than I thought, because a lot of the really? reviews that I was seeing were bad, but people are still scoring it pretty high. It's at a 4.21. That's high. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty generous for this book, because I, you know, we were talking with um, Brad and Sarah from Friends of the Force. They had both yeah. read this, and they were saying... I see their reviews. Yeah, all basically nothing you, happened. Yeah, all three of you gave it three on five. Yeah. And like basically nothing happens to like the last 50 pages. And even the last 50, I kind of skimmed because it was just everything t- coming together that like you already kind of knew. And then really all that matters is the last chapter. The last chapter to me is the only thing that's going to have any effect on the last book. Okay. And it was all in the background. So I just, I and don't all, know. All the good stuff from the first one is just not there. Yeah. No, there's. <sighs> I wanted to spend more time with, you know, Thalius and um, Sherry or Cherry um, and R. Arlani. Um, she's not in it like at all. So it, it yeah. was disappointing. I, I was 
I, I can't believe I was disappointed in a Thrawn book and I was actually like, oh, like I'm actually disappointed. You had expectations. <laughs> I did have once. expectations. I did have expectations. I, I'm i still going to read Lesser Evil because I'm, I'm hoping that maybe it'll be a return to form, but like I doubt it. Like I'm going to go in with my bar it's coming a lot out lower. Soon. Yeah, it comes out in November. That's so weird. Why? I don't know. Why? So like it's done. Like it's written. Like unless they're going to, I highly doubt they would go back in and change things but you know how so, star wars like, is that makes me wonder like are they trying to push this out because there's something else beyond this that they're more excited for maybe um because that's another thing so the next star wars book that's going to come out is in june um it's our next round of high republic so we have rising storm race to crash point tower and then in july we'll have out of the shadows tempest runner which is another um, High Republic. It will be out in August. Then we have um, Edge of Balance from Claudia Gray. We have Ronin. Then we get Lesser Evil. And then nothing has been announced after November. So I wonder if maybe they are gearing up for whatever's going to be happening in 2022. I, I just don't know. I'm thinking more Zon. What is Zon gearing up for in 2022? Hopefully nothing. He doesn't need to write <laughs> more books. We have enough Thrawn now. <laughs> this is enough. <laughs> it is enough. Um, Zahn can retire. It's okay. Um, it won't hurt my feelings if he retires. Might hurt other people's feelings. Like I, I'm sure it yeah. will. But I can't. I can't imagine unless it's unless it's like the Ezra stuff. But like I don't want him to write the Ezra stuff. I would just like love to see a woman pick up from. The last Thrawn book from um, could you imagine the, fir- the first one? Like, like I'm sure. Oh, there's probably great fanfic. Oh and yeah, I, I bet like hope could point us in the right direction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, because like a lot of women do like Thrawn, and mm-hmm. I would love to see Thrawn through the feminine gaze. I think that yeah. would be. I really, really do interesting. think that it would soften his character a bit and just be easier to read. You kind of get it, like, a teeny bit, because he's not a main character in the Thrawn books. Well, he is, but he's not a point-of-view character. That's what I meant. Um, And there are some times when I think you kind of see his soft edges, but because he's Thrawn and because Timothy Zahn has such a connection with him, you don't get it enough, I feel like. So that would be interesting. But I think with that, we are ready to move into the Bad Batch. So, really surprising. Um, Alex and I are stands. We loved it. Yeah. Would you say really surprising? I For me, it was. Because I, even though, like, it's like a Clone Wars show, I had been convinced that it was going to be more like Resistance than Rebels. And it was going to be, like, more fun and just more like mission like kind of thing like I really wasn't expecting to like it especially after re-watching the episodes with them so when we got that first episode and it was order 66 character focused like going inside you know hunter wrecker all of them it blew me away like yeah I was so surprised it's very good the character work on the show is very good. Yes. Oh, and I wanted to highlight, so people have been tweeting about how great the writing is on this show, and somebody mentioned one of the writers specifically, 
It is um, Jennifer Cor- Corbett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's one of the writers on the show, and that's who got mentioned um, when people were bringing it up. So excited that there are women on the writing team. Um, it's showing, so that's great. Um, she was on Resistance, I believe. Awesome. Before. See? Great. That also had great characters. Um, yeah, but, like, I can't believe that these two first episodes we got are, like, so much character focus. Like, their plot came second. Yes. And well, it and, like, was... You know what it was, too? Because there were battles. There were fight scenes. They were in service to A building character. character. Yeah. Yeah. They really were. It, it was not, like, spectacle, look at these battles, look at my men fight. It was see how they work together, see how they follow their orders, see their hierarchy, see where their focus is. Like, it was very intentional, and I, I really, really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, the biggest thing... Um, that you notice immediately with this is that the the Clone Wars logo burning away. It's really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it it was really like especially coming off of season seven, like it really shows you it's like the Clone Wars are over. Like not necessarily like the yeah. show, but like the Clone Wars 66 as a whole. Sixty six. Yeah. Clone Wars are over. Um now it's the time of the Empire. And you literally see that at the opening um, I think we were all kind of expecting it to start with 66, but I don't know if we were expecting it to start with uh, this yeah. character. <laughs> well, I think I was at about, like, a 90% sure that we were going to get 66 in this, like, 75-minute, mm. like, movie-long episode. Um, yeah, so we're going to go into spoilers now, like... Yeah, we you... recommend it. If you guys haven't watched it, like, seriously go watch it, like... Yeah, you don't need to get into Clone Wars. Like, at no. least not yet. Like, there's nothing that's happened that I'm like, oh, this would be hard to follow. Like, yeah. it's pretty I think pretty as long clear. as you know of the Bad Batch, like, they introduce them, so, like, it's fine. You don't have to really see them in Season 7 of Clone Wars. I think as long as you, know, like, know what they are and you've seen, like, Revenge of the Sith, like, you're gonna be fine. So let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about yeah. 66. So we get it from Deppa and Caleb, little Caleb Doom. <laughs> Our 40-year-old teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited to see them. I've read the Kanan comic where um, 66 happens there, and, and it is done differently mm-hmm. than on this show. So, like, I know Pablo Hidalgo kind of put a tweet out there trying to, like, say that canon is, like, history books like it's like told from a certain point of view kind of thing like it's yeah it could get meddled with so i i don't know how i feel i i I think it goes back to like the thing of um there's like a hierarchy in canon with star wars it's like the movies like the tv shows the books the comics which did kind of upset comic readers um which is understandable Mm -hmm. but um I feel like that's kind of always been present with Star Wars. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I think it was a good call to put them. I think having Caleb, like, kind of tie... It was, like... The show is, like, tying Clone Wars and Rebels together in Mm -hmm. a way. 
And I like seeing that, like, that connection right off the bat. Well, and, like, I think it's good because that indicates to me that this is a bridge between Clone Wars and Rebels. Like, I don't think it's going to go all the way up to Rebels or anything like that. No, because that's a lot of years. Yeah, that's a lot of years. But it is, it's going to fill in some of those gaps. It's going to be, like, another establishing point. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. But if you think about all the future storytelling coming up, you have Bad Batch that's going to go into eight eight years later is going to be Kenobi. And then after that is going to be the Cassian show. And then that's going to go into Rebels. I think Cassian and Rebels will be pretty close somehow. Like they're going to be in that good handoff. Um, it's going to be so cool to have this whole timeline filled in and with Je- Jedi Fallen Order in there, too. And Jedi Fallen Order 2, whenever mm-hmm. that comes out. Yeah. Well, because that brings up a, a really good question. Because um, so this, what this reminded me of, and obviously any Padawan losing their master in Order 66, it's always going to remind you of every other time we've seen it. But it did remind me of... In Jedi Fallen Order, when you see Cal Kestis lose his master as well, and it seems like Kanan and Cal are pretty close in age, and I do wonder if they knew each other, yeah. and like if there could be some kind of like something <laughs> if we ever get a, a, a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, that would be really interesting. Man, and like at this point in Cal's journey, is he on? Because he goes to, like, Junker Planet, right? Like, he's, like, working there in the there's, junkyards. There's five, five years pass. So, like, obvious, obviously we haven't gotten yeah, into that I, timeline. But, like... I just wonder, I just wonder, like, what Cal is doing right now. Does yeah. he, like, end up at that junk planet, like, very early on in his journey after 66? That's a really good question. Which would be a great book or a comic. I would be really into that. And, like, what would happen if the Bad Batch ended up on that junk planet for some reason? Because that's, like, I think it would be a really cool environment to, like, replicate in animation. In, like, that style of animation in Clone Wars. Well, and speaking of, the animation for these episodes... It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) I think it's I think it's the best that Star Wars animation has done. It's so cinematic. Yeah. Like you could put this on the big screen and I would be wowed. Yeah. It's just the gosh. Since we're talking about um animation visuals, we should talk about um Caleb and Deppa. Um and like when I when I say like, oh the animation is so good. What, as an animator myself, when I'm ta- saying that, it to me, that means, um, like, the way the characters move, yeah. the way the environments move is so good. Now, we're going to talk about character design a little bit, which is the issue here. Mm-hmm. That's, like, a separate thing from in, the way I talk about it, animation. Yeah. Um, first of all, <laughs> this is just funny. Caleb having a voice of a 40-year-old was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I th- personally, I think they should have got a kid to voice him, I mean, and we still would have known exactly who it was. Well, and, like, it doesn't matter anyway, like, if you didn't recognize it as Caleb, because then it can still be a surprise if, like, you haven't watched Rebels, Yeah. You know? The, um, but, but the big issue here is the whitewashing of both Deppa and of Caleb. They were both 
extremely pale compared to the way they've been depicted in the past. And, like, as fans, like, we've always seen them as people of color, right? Right, Um, So it was a little off-putting to see them like that. And then I saw someone else bring up the point. There was, like, a new picture of Fennec Shen, like, a full-body picture of Fennec Shen that was also pretty whitewashed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw some people, like, calling out Lucasfilm and saying you need to, like, fire the studio that you're outsourcing the animation to. And, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I know their pipeline or anything, but those designs are probably coming from Lucasfilm, and and the outsourcing studio is just taking their designs and making them into uh, models and rigs, and the animators are using those. So I, for, for me, I think this is still, like, you need to call Lucasfilm out on that, and it's yeah. not—it's not the other studio. Yeah, that—that's a Lucasfilm issue because, like, mm-hmm. that's intellectual property. Like, they're—they're they're yeah. designing that kind of stuff. And even—and even if they outsource some of the design work to another studio, it's still on Lucasfilm to approve those designs. Yeah. This is not. This is this is completely on Lucasfilm. Um, and I'm like, I'm glad to see so many people calling them out on this because. It, it is important. Um, I, I have to wonder, like, how Fennec's going to look in the show, like, with, with all the lighting and, like, the movement. Maybe that picture that they released of her is just, like, the still has bad lighting in it mm-hmm. and it looks off. But I'll, I'll wait to see with her. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a little bit weird. I definitely think you see it a little bit with the clones, too. They seem, yeah. they seem a little too pale, um, especially when you look at, mm-hmm. it's weird, like with um, Omega, who we'll talk about later, she seems very pale, and then you see her she pop is. figure, and her pop figure is like what you would have expected her to be because of who she is, mm. and it it's a little, I don't know what happened there. Is this a lighting issue in the, like, environment, in the, like, digital environments? I... But that's still something that they need to, like, be adjusting and looking at a meal and, like, the lighting isn't making our, like, the way that our character should look. Yeah. Like, we need well, to like, adjust That's something this. that they should be aware about. Because, like, they, yeah. they've done that to, um, like, to Oscar Isaac as well. Um, like, he'll, like, in, when he's animated or, like, when he's on the page, like, he looks like a white man and, like, he's not. Um, yeah. And I, I think that they need to realize that, like, it is a big deal and they should be sensitive of it. Because um, I, I do mm-hmm. think it's it's just... It's an oversight. I don't think they're doing it necessarily on purpose. That doesn't necessarily make it better. Um, yeah. But there needs to be some kind of sensitivity um, within yeah. that when they're like designing. Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm isn't going to be perfect, but it's starting to feel like a pattern. It, it is starting to feel like a pattern. <laughs> Where it's like, by now, like, you guys have been told by fans a lot of times that these are things that people um, would like to see you guys improve. And mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah, it's just not an improving. Issue. Yes kind of moving on from that getting more into the characters so with order 66 i feel like this is where you really get a good see at the bad batch because they're introduced we know them we've met them before but when order 66 comes in they do not react like they overhear the message but they don't really see it themselves and it's only crosshair that seems to kind of be struggling Um, Because Hunter lets Caleb go. And that's when I knew. I'm like, ooh, we doing angst in here. (laughs) 
Were you expecting, like, when you were thinking about this show tackling 66, what were you expecting with the inhibitor chips and the Bad Batch? Like, what did you think? I was just expecting kind of what we got, but not that one of them was going to still succumb to it. I thought none of them were. I figured it was just going to happen around them and they would desert. I never thought it would happen. One of them would be struggling and the others would be like, well... I don't know, like, maybe something did happen, and, like, we'll go back home, and, like, we'll see what's going on. Like, I really loved that they went into it, and it was, like, you know, the clones are their family. It's all they've ever known, and now that they're being told, like, the Jedi betrayed them, it's, like, yeah, that sounds weird, but, like, if everybody else is doing it and everybody says so, maybe they're right, but then they quickly see that, like, something's not right with the clones anymore. Like, I I mentioned in here when I watched them again, it's almost like the clones are, like, not dreaming, but something... They're they're acting completely differently than how they ever acted before. Like, their personalities have practically changed, and yet the Bad Batch remain. It's like the individuality of each clone that we learn about throughout all of the Clone Wars is gone. Yeah. It just gets wiped away. Mm-hmm. I, I read this book a really long time ago. It's called um, Human Point Four, where this guy wakes up and everybody around him is su- like suddenly can't see him anymore. And like they're not moving, they're not doing anything. And like he learns over the book that they're being downloaded with the latest evolution and it just missed him. So he gets like rewritten out of reality. And that's what this reminds me of. That's really cool. Yeah, it's... Man, I certainly did not expect the emotional angst with Crosshair, though. (laughs) Might I say. Yeah. So when we were going into this, um, because we did our our primer episode and we kind of talked about, like, what we were hoping for each character. We were kind of into tech. We were slowly kind of getting into Hunter. Um, I think we both have um, new standouts. So, who's your who's your favorite boy now? Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Dad Hunter. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, it starts with him and Caleb. Like, it's very cute. The way he talks to him, he lets him go. He just wants him to be, you know, understanding. Hunter seems so empathetic. And, like, so mm-hmm. in touch with, like, emotions. And yeah. I was not expecting that. That was so we were, surprising. No, we were on to something when we were, like, he reads fiction. That's true. And we said he was like Jess. And he is. He is like Jess. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we were right. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. He's like Jess Mariano, but beefier. He is. He's, he's war veteran Jess Mariano. If Jess Mariano had joined the war, oh, man. Like, that was amazing. I will also say that I do love Hunter, but I am a wrecker stan. This yeah. man is so dumb, mm-hmm. but he loves, he loves kids. They call him Uncle Wrecker. He's yeah, adorable. In, in Cut and Run in the second episode. Oh my god. He's so cute. He's just so freaking cute. Like when honestly, you saying he paints little porcelain unicorns is probably not far off. No, we're like onto something. We are onto it. And um 
I love, absolutely love Omega's interaction which, with each of them. Yes. <laughs> I, her, her interaction with Crosshair in the, like, in the jail cell. <laughs> and, and, like, like, that, like, hit me. Like, yeah. I know I'm, like, Hunter Omega all the way. Like, their, their, um, father-daughter dynam- dynamics. Oh, no, but I, I'm here for that. I'm still here. But the crosshair, like, I, like, it was, like, she understood what he was going through and just kind of sat with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my Ooh. God. Ooh. It's, it's a lot. Um, I would say as far as, like, Tech and Echo, they're pretty much the same. Um, there wasn't su- anything like super new with them. Yeah. Although I do like how dry Echo's sense of humor is, because I do think he's doing it on purpose. Like he he won't say things where he's like, "I thought it was obvious" or like whatever. I do think he's doing it like to be funny and to like just banter with the Bad Batch, and I do think that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So let's talk about um, Omega, who we are introduced to in this show. Um, I think the fifth Bad Batch member. (laughs) Well, she's like the sixth, but she is like, she's one of them. I know. I so like I think that was like the the prevailing theory. It was that Omega was gonna be a clone, like some kind of mutation or whatever. So when it was revealed, like I was like, yes, I know it. Like oh my gosh, but. She is the fifth creation, like, of the Bad Batch. She is one of them. And from the moment she sees the Bad Batch, she just wants to be with them. Like, she just wants to be well, part of it. she doesn't belong anywhere else. I know. She knows she belongs with them. Like, I do think that she... We, we don't know a lot about her. Um, like, what she was created for. Why this, why that. I do think she's obviously been told about the Bad Batch. I do think she knows that she is whatever they are. So when she meets them, she's like, this is my family. It's so cute. It is so cute. And she's like your your new obsession. I, yeah, she's like definitely one of my favorite Star Wars characters now. Yeah. Um, and like the way she mimics Hunter. There's, um, there's a thread on Twitter that someone made it's just like gifts of all the scenes where she's like mimicking his actions and it's so heartwarming and hunter is so good with her hunter is such a good dad i was not expecting this it is very well established within these first two episodes that hunter will never leave anybody behind like yeah. He, he's good with, I think he is good with kids, just because of how he acts with Caleb. He's and how, very naturally good with kids. Yeah. With it, which is, like, surprising, because we see the same trope happening happen in The Mandalorian. Yeah. And Din <laughs> is not naturally good with like kids. That. It takes, no. It takes him time to get better at it. So I'm like, Hunter, like, where did you learn these skills? Just a natural dad. Um, <laughs> but, like, the moment he hears that Omega is one of them, he's like, well, we have to go back for her. Like, yeah. even though we're kind of on the run, even though something could happen to us, like, we have to go back for her. And we'll see later in the second episode, he thinks that maybe it's not good for her to be with them and he's going to let her go. And, like, clearly he doesn't want to. Like, he knows that she belongs with them 
and that she mm-hmm. is part of their squad. And yeah. because of those things, I I do think eventually we're going to see them go back for Crosshair. Mm-hmm. But, like, as far as Omega goes, like, she is part of the crew now. Yeah. Though his decision to um, leave her with Cut came from... I like in that moment as a him as a parent was like this is what's best for her. Mm-hmm. Man, Hunter is such a good parent. Yeah, man. I, I okay. Like we're sk- <laughs> we're skipping around here, but I do want to skip to that moment. Like she gets into some trouble um, in the second episode, and it makes Hunter. I think it kind of wakes him up to like yeah. he because especially hearing like from Cat and Sue and like they have kids. Like he doesn't really know what to do or or how to be with her and I think for most characters um especially male characters probably wouldn't do the work that he does from the minute he sees that to the end of the episode you can see it turning like turning over in his mind that he has to do what's best for her and he's realizing that maybe what's best for her isn't being with them and that is such a mature decision to come to like Mm-hmm. That took a lot of emotional work for him to work through, and he does it. Like, that's a that's a really interesting character trait. <laughs> you see Alex's face, she's just like, wife me. <laughs> <laughs> wife me, Hunter. <laughs> um, so what do you think Omega was created for? I mean, she's a girl clone, so, like, obviously that brings up many questions, but... From, like, what we've seen of her, like, she's very curious, she's very adventurous, she seems to be very in tune with, like, other people's emotions. I don't know, they didn't say anything? I thought that they did. No, yeah, they they still don't know what she was made for, but at the end of the first episode, with the, um, Kaminoans, they they do, um, talk about how they're not gonna reveal what she is to, like, Tarkin or any, anything like that. Because, obviously, she goes with them. So she, they are like, we're not going to cause an alarm. We're not going to say anything. We're going to cool. see how things play out. Yeah. Like, because, like, they're like, she's a medical assistant, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, was she created to be a medical assistant? Like, that seems weird. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't think any of the clones on Camino knew about her or knew what she was. So I, I'm definitely interested to see how that's going to change over the course of the show. Like, if we're going to see more of her... It's very interesting. How she's very quiet. She's very resourceful. I think she really is able to, like, understand people very well. You see that with Crosshair, and I think you see that in the second episode a little bit as well. And I'm just wondering how that's going to come to a head. Like, what exactly is going to happen? Like, what is, what are they going to find out about her as the show goes on? Like, what makes her a value to the, like, the clone army? Yeah. Well, because like, she must have been created for a reason. Purpose, like, purposefully. Yeah. Like, you don't think it was, like, because, like, obviously, they're cloners there. It's their specialty. Like, if they're making... A female clone. Yeah, like, they didn't just make one for fun. You can't you and and I feel like you can't stumble upon doing it by accident either. Well, I feel like when they're like this many clones deep, like yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was just like a random happening. I think I think 
it's the same with the Bad Batch. They created each member of the Bad Batch for a reason. I, I wonder how that science works, though. Because you, you're taking, like, Django Fett's DNA, but then you're adding the female chromosome into that DNA? Like, Yeah, because he would have had... There's so much data on that second X chromosome. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't really know if Star Wars is really pondering all of that. <laughs> um, how deep does this go? I love genetics. Um, so that does beg the question of like, how did they manipulate it? Did they introduce something else? Like, I don't know. But I do think we're going to get a lot of those questions revealed as the show goes on. Because to yeah. me, I think the two major things for this show, obviously other than them, you know, like being on the run and the Empire and all that, it's, you know, what is Omega? Like, why was she created? What's going on? And um, Crosshair, his his betrayal and maybe getting him back. Um, which I think does kind of bring us to Crosshair. And we talked about this before, you know, he was still having some issues with his inhibitor chip. He was still kind of following Order 66. When they go back for Omega, um, because Tarkin is there, he sends them on this fake mission to kill Saw Gerrera and all that kind of stuff. Um, when they go back, they take Crosshair and they amplify his programming and his inhibitor chip. Mm-hmm. And that honestly broke my heart. <laughs> Yeah. I was really sad. I can't believe how I was already so attached enough to these characters to be like, no, he's part of the family. You can't do this. That's how good the writing is. I know. I, I want to go back to, um, you mentioned Saw really quickly. That's another character we forgot to mention mm-hmm. under the whitewashing. And so, like, that's why, like, the whole lighting thing makes me think, because if they, they already have the design of young Saw from the Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. would they not just copy it closer? Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, and, you know, they have the actor to go off of. Yeah. It's it's a little weird. I don't... Like, obviously, obviously, there is an issue here. Yeah. They need to fix that. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's really, really strange. Mm -hmm. I do like um, that little side plot that gets added in, because basically Tarkin's just, like, testing them to see if the programming took and if they'll kill these civilians on his order. Um, they don't. Crosshair was going to. That's how they know that Crosshair could have, could be amplified. Um, but I, I do think that the stuff that Saw says to Hunter really makes a difference. Because um, he says, uh, adapt and survive or die with the past. Which I think Hunter really... It gave, it gave Hunter a lot to think about, and you can see that he's it. It really changed like his perspective. Let the past die. <laughs> Kill it if you have to. Yeah. Um. So with Crosshair, that's where we get that awesome line you were talking about with Omega, where she she talks to him because she tells him before he goes off, um, and he's just struggling with his programming, and you can see that it he does kind of know that something's wrong. She says, it's not your fault. You can't help it. Baby. I know. <laughs> that, that does, that just like, hits something in mm-hmm. me. That adds so much angst to Crosshair because I, I just see him 
if you could see this from his perspective, like the beginning of this episode, him knowing that like something is wrong, but like he's having these thoughts and he can't break out of it. And then that inhibitor chip being amplified. I feel like part of Crosshair is obviously still in there. And to me, a logical place for this show to go would be him figuring out how to break that programming, um, maybe a little bit on his own, but I also think with the help of the Bad Batch as well. Yeah. Oh, man. I love this story. (laughs) I know. Do you think that we would get an episode with just Crosshair, if that were the case? and I think it would be good. (laughs) I, I really, like, I feel like the writing was that strong in the first two episodes. Like, yes, Jennifer Corbett, yes. I feel like, you know what, he gives me, um, you know, good redemption arc, like, uh, Zuko vibes. I, I would love to see it. Yeah. I just... (sighs) I, like, I can't wait, like, if we got that, like, beautiful Omega crosshair moment in the premiere, like, can Mm -hmm. you imagine, like, them reuniting... And, like, Crosshair being free of the inhibitor chip. And, like, that, like, conversation between him and Omega, like, oh. <laughs> See, when Star Wars is good, Star Wars is that, good. like, it's, you know, it's not your fault. And she, like, imagine, like, they, like, rhyme it and, and, and she says, you know, none of it was your fault. Okay, but see, like, what if they find out that, like, Omega was created for some kind of, like, dark purpose and, like, Crosshair is, like, coming back to the light, and he's the one who then says to Omega, like, it's not your fault, you can't help it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> she was likely, yes, made something for, made for something dark. Yeah. Like, you're right. Likely, especially, like, why, like, what would she be needed for? Yeah. God, and this just, like, adds in to, like, so many other things. I'm sorry to get on my my Ben Solo train here, but, like, he, you could almost say he had, like, this programming, too, because he had Palpatine's voice in his head from the beginning, which is basically what these inhibitor chips are. And so it's, like, it's not your fault. You can't help it. Like. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. You know, if fanboys could look at it from that perspective, if, like, I bet you, like, Oh, yeah. There would be so much more understanding, but they won't. <laughs> no, they won't. They will, they will not. They will not. Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, the final scene in this episode of, like, the the standoff with Crosshair, like, broke me. Like, it was, it was a lot. And Omega's the one who, like, fires the shot at him so they can get away. Like, I... I'm in for this angst. I'm ready for this pain train. The, the final thing we get in that episode is Wrecker's doll, Lula. Lula. Oh, I'm we making this doll. Lula. I'm going to make this doll. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this doll. I, I just, another reason why I love Wrecker. He just, I, I said this to you the other day. You could trust every member of the Bad Patch to guard your drink at a party. Mm-hmm. It just, you could, except for Crosshair right now. But probably yeah. once he's redeemed. <laughs> but, like, Wrecker would not let anybody get near your drink. He would 
be the perfect person to take with you on a on a like a, a clubbing adventure because he would be like not today pedophiles or something you know? yeah he would he would um protect everyone from um yeah. geode the big partier oh, God. <laughs> i just so like um i have a lot of questions about clone biology which kind of ties into coming into the next episode and like I, they would never show this on the show, but, like, I would love to see these these four members of the Bad Batch have to figure out what happens when Omega suddenly has her period. Yeah. Um, <laughs> though the Kaminoans may have engineered her to not be able to carry children or have a period. That's well, also and possible. That also brings a question of why she was created. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, because what made me think of this, because I just assumed that she wouldn't, um, and this is obviously never going to get explored in the show, (laughs) but, um, so in the second episode, they go see Cut and Sue, and Cut is a clone, um, he deserted the Clone Wars, he has a family, and they go to him to try to figure out, like, what to do next, how to lay low, and because Cut has a family, I was like, oh, so clones can reproduce, but apparently they're not his kids. So no. the question is still in the air. Yeah, he's the he's the stepdad. Yeah, Man, Cut is a great dad, though. Mm-hmm. This show is about dads and we're, great we're, dads. We're recording this on Mother's Day, and we're like <laughs> dads. We're like dads. <laughs> I just like man. I I really loved Cut and Sue. They were great. Sue's a great character, too. Everybody's loving her. Um, but Cut is so soft with Omega. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so soft with his kid, And he's like, I just have to protect my family. They are all that matters. Like, he... Could you imagine, like, Din Djarin meeting this man? Like... <laughs> oh, man. I do like to, when they um, arrive, they refer to the Bad Batch as more clones who have lost their way. Because Rex had just passed through. The day before, he said. I think a lot of people are expecting us to see Rex in this show. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Sh- what do you think about that? Well, they're a day behind him, wherever he went. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I wonder what it would add to the show. Like, I, I think it would be cool, but I, I just don't know yeah. what, what he would do. Because obviously going to see Cut added character development for Hunter, especially. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, like, the purpose of going to see Cut was, like, for Hunter to see that he could be Omega's dad. Like, he didn't need to hand her off, basically. Well, they've become a family. Mm-hmm. Like, the the episode, like, I don't remember if it, if it was the opening of the episode or if it was the end of the first episode, but, like, her and Wrecker, are, like, fell asleep while they were exploring the ship, but it's so cute. And the way she interacts with all of them is just adorable. And I think, you know, this episode does shake Hunter because he sees her get in danger and he doesn't know how to react. And, you know, specifically says, like, you can't talk to her like that. You can't expect these things from her. Like, she's not a soldier. She's a kid. And it makes Hunter realize that there's a lot that he doesn't know and that things are going to be different. And I never in a million years would have thought that that's a storyline that we would be getting. Like, we're going to see these clones really be not, like, 
soldiers, hey, you're part of our team with Omega. It's going to be like, you're a kid and like we are responsible for you and like we're taking care of you. And I, I really like that. I also like that the kids call um, Wrecker Uncle Wrecker. Uncle Wrecker. <laughs> like, they Wrecker. have that deep of a relationship with Wrecker that he's Uncle Wrecker. Oh, oh, my gosh. This entire episode is so precious. The music is precious. And Omega seeing a, a planet, a new planet, for the first time. <gasps> Thank you, Allie, for making that um, <laughs> tangled um, fan vid. Yes. It was very good. Is it's literally Rapunzel out of her tower. Literally. It's just, it's so freaking cute. I saw a tweet that said, um, you know, like, why does Bad Batch have such, like, a an ominous opening, and it's, like, cut and run, and the episode is just about Omega learning how to catch a ball? <laughs> <laughs> it's so freaking cute. I mean, that is Star Wars. It's, like, that from Star the Wars. outside, you're, like, ooh, gritty. Ooh, and then it's like, dumb. And then it's just dumb and sweet. Like, <laughs> you know, you know what it is? Star Wars is about ponchos. You know who gets a poncho? Wrecker. <laughs> and a hat. Get and a hat. Wrecker and the poncho and the hat is everything to me. It is <laughs> my life. It's my religion. I just. <laughs> Join the Wrecker poncho cult is what I... you're saying. I had said to you, we watched the first episode, like, I want to see these men in civilian clothes. And, like, right after I said that, they're in, like, they're just black jumpsuits. And I was like, ooh, wow. And then the second episode, not only are they in civilian clothes, they're in ponchos and hats. I mean, listen, considering it's animation, like, obviously, it's cheaper to have the characters in one costume. Like, as few mm-hmm. costumes as possible. So I'm surprised to see this many costume changes. Yeah. Yeah, they've worn something different every episode, and not just, like, for the duration. Like, they change within the episode. So, like, is the poncho getup going to be here to stay? Like, is that going to be the regular? (gasps) When we go to Galaxy's Edge again, we got to wear ponchos. Depends on what time of year, because, boy, Anaheim and Florida can get hot. I mean, this is true. This is true. I mean, surely there's some kind of, like, lightweight summer poncho. Summer poncho, but still, <laughs> Shannon, like, it's, like, 40 degrees with humidity, like, in the summer in Anaheim. I'm sorry, in Florida, and then Anaheim has less humidity, <laughs> but, like, the sun is hot. So you're right, Alex, the sun is hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. This episode is just... So wholesome. Did you ever think we were going to get this type of episode, especially for the second episode of The Bad Batch? No. No. I just... (sighs) It's really good. I'm so excited for the next episode. God, when Hunter has to tell Omega that she's not coming with them, and he says, you need a family, they'll give you the life you deserve, and she's, like, so upset, and, like, you're my family, I was just like, ooh, when he gets down, like, to her level and, talk, and yeah. talks to her. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> my brain just is empty. Well, and, like, he leaves her, and, like, they go, and they're trying to, like, escape, and everybody else is like, where's Omega? And he's just like, uh. <laughs> um, But needless to say, Omega does not go with Cut and Sue. Um, they escape the planet. They're fine. But 
Omega does go back to the Bad Batch. And I honestly have no idea what is in store for episode three, but I am so sold on this show. Yeah, I am too. (sighs) I never would have thought, you know, they released that there's going to be a bad, there's like a Bad Batch collection of pop figures. And I'm like, the way I want all of these, who am Mm -hmm. I? (laughs) Exactly. Like me looking at the like shop Disney, like, shirts like the bad bash t-shirts <laughs> like i'm like i'm thinking i'm thinking i just like the like, record shirt it's really cute oh my gosh you know how um there's that toy maker and galaxy's edge and we were like yeah. oh it's you know it's cardinal it's cardinal mm-hmm. uh, maybe wrecker makes is gonna make some toys for for omega oh my god and, like, what, we would though? be so on with our theories. <laughs> Listen, I mean, obviously we haven't seen anybody read, but to me, it's all a done deal until, like, the last thing we need to see is just Crosshair Knitting. Like, we just haven't seen Crosshair Knit. But yeah. I'm positive that he made Lula for Wrecker. I know he did. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, overall, I think it's pretty obvious that we are completely sold on this show. I, I am so happy that... I am into the show and that you're into the show. Like, it feels so good to be excited about Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. it's it just, ugh, this show is so, so good. <laughs> and I never would have thought. Like, I, I just never would have thought. And, I mean, we said the same thing with Mandalorian. Like, we weren't super sure if we if that was going to be our jam either. But yeah. Bad Batch just really, <sighs> they were like, you know what? We are now a franchise about reluctant dads, and that's okay. I'm here for that. <laughs> I'm sad that there's only one episode this coming week. Yeah. We don't get to. That's so... I We're spoiled, and now I'm like, we're we only going to gonna get about so like half long. an hour. Yeah, like I'm like thinking about how we're only going to get about half an hour of content from this this week instead of last week where we got like... 100 over 100 minutes yeah well both of those episodes were pretty long well like, um, the first one was like 75 minutes and then the second one was like half an hour it think. was more than half an hour really mm-hmm. wow it was yeah. like i was surprised because i thought it was going to be structured like the clone wars like rebels it was longer um it was like watching a live action show because i when i rewatched them it it took me two hours to rewatch it. Okay. Um, I don't I don't know if they're gonna do like what all of their other shows have been doing and how the run times might vary. Mm-hmm. Um, which is honestly fine because I I feel like you know you don't have to be locked into a a run time. You just you tell as much as you need to tell, and when you come to a stop, you come to a stop. That is interesting to me that it the episodes are longer. I'm actually surprised that we. A high school musical stand is going to wake up and watch Bad Batch first. Yeah. Yeah. That is some character development. <laughs> like, I don't think, like, 2019 Alex and Shannon would never. Yeah. <laughs> like, November 2019 when High School Musical came out. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, because, like, now I work on Fridays, so I can definitely only watch one, and it's going to be bad. Yeah, the other one after work. Yeah. Well, part of that is also because we're more likely to see slash care 
about spoilers. bad batch spoilers. Yeah, so. that's so true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, and I apologize for the person I'm gonna become on Fridays now. Um, <laughs> I've already become this person. <laughs> And then you just mix that Wednesday Loki in in June. Oh, the chaos. <laughs> Who are we going to be? Like, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add about the Bad Batch? No, I'm good. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. Um, I would really love to know from all of you lovely listeners out there who your favorite Bad Batch member is. Uh, did it change now that you've watched the show? Do you think we're going to see Crosshair Knit? Uh, do you think we're going to see uh, Hunter become just even more of a dad and Alex is going to fall even more in love with him? Please <laughs> let us know. Um, you can find us <laughs> pretty much always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.